Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Belladora's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Do you have more than three cars you don't drive regularly? You might be a car hoarder. Twelve Subarus and a couple Fiats? Hoarder. If you're on the couch, scooting with your front bumper, you're You're a car car hoarder. At Slam, we can help you with your hoarding problems. We will come to your house, we will sell off all your old cars, and we will build you one dream car. Yeah. You really think you're going to fix this up in a week, a month, even a year? Nope. You're a car hoarder. In as little as a month, you can go from this to this. I used to be addicted to reading Yoto Trader. I see an old beat-up that soon. I just have to get it. And I met Rick and Chuck. Thanks, Rick and Chuck. Thanks, Slam. Do you have a hoard or do you know a hoarder? Then Then give give us a a call. going to change your life until it hits you in the face. For me, it came 15 years into my career in an old supermarket. I need a new career. Cars. I want to build cars. An ex-WWE wrestler and a hot rod guru journey to the last frontier of the American classic car. Car hordes. But building legends and rebuilding lives always comes with a price. When overhauling. Extreme Car Hordes. Hello out there. Peabody and Sherman here. Set the Wayback Machine... We enter the way back and we're immediately hurtled back through time and space. Hey, this is Ted Nugent celebrating the American dream on nostalgic radio and cars. Hey, listeners, welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'm your show host, Robert. How you doing tonight, Cedric? I always catch him just before he's got his headphones on. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I'm doing good. You're doing good? Okay. Anyway, hey, run your computers in Google, tadtalk1340.com. Uh, you probably can see us live in the studio. I think I'm trying to... My thing is still... Um, whatever it's doing here, the computer is... Um, it's trying to stream. Let's take that thing out and just smash that one. You want to do that? That's still the oldest computer in the building. Let's just take it out and smash it. I'm, I'm all for that. It's probably got some copper and some silver and some... <laughs> I've done that before. I had a computer die. I nailed it with a hammer. It sat in the corner of my office for three months. Alan, you're supposed to wait till we intro Alan. <laughs> well, this is Alan. Alan it. Hey, where's the Saints song? We need to get Alan's cue. But anyway, yeah, you're right. Go ahead. Finish your story now. Yeah. I'm done. Oh, do we, are we going to do the lead-in for, yeah, for yeah, Alan? Yeah, let's do it anyway. Oh, okay. Better late than never, right? Yeah. There we go. That's the that's the original one. Gotta tell you, that was one of the coolest song theme songs back in the day. 
I still like that. You know I'm longing for a Volvo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got one leaning in the garage as Robert wants, but uh, can't have it. You actually got two of them. You got the coupe and the wagon. Yeah, uh, maybe. Okay, well, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreetMotorsports.com. If you've missed any of our past shows, you can go to our podcast, which is also located or can be found on our website, GolfStreetMotorsports.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, both Nostalgic Radio and Cars and Gulfstream Motorsports. And uh, you know what? I think we have that uh, radio show giveaway thing. We can queue up here in a little bit because I'm I'm feeling like uh, I'm feeling generous. generous. Ah, there we go. Generous, Robert. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a number of giveaways. I have a number of giveaways tonight for the radio show. So if you want to call in, call us here at the studio seven two seven four four one three thousand seven two seven four four one three thousand. Do I sound like what was the guy on? Uh, was Gary it Jay Owen? Owen? Gary Owen. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Sound on laughing. Yeah. Anyway, here's what we have tonight. We have. I'll give you guys an option of. You can either have a packet of JB Weld. I'm sure you could use that out. Both, both tubes or just one? Both tubes. Both okay. tubes. Yeah, they're, they're in a package. In one tube, it takes it forever to harden. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It does. And because you have to find some sort of a catalyst, and I'm sure you can find something around the kitchen sink, right? You just got to buy a DeVille. You got to buy a DeVille. Okay. Uh, we have license plate frames from uh, Classic Design Concepts. We also have one from, there I go, sniffing again because uh, uh, I got that sounds allergies. really nice. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm going to have to, <laughs> I think we'll probably have to edit that one. But <laughs> anyway, what do we have, Bobby? We have a license plate frame from what? A one some sort of foreign car dealership in Las Vegas. We got leftover in a BMW dealer in Las Vegas or something like that. Yeah. So uh, Bobby's helping out in the studio this afternoon. Uh, what else we got? We can give away. Obviously, we have some decals from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We also have some decals from My Classic Car. Dennis Gage is going to be coming. Forget, up. I know where you can get five engine blocks. Five engine blocks. Dunedin. Friend of mine, when he'd pull it, block out engine out of the car, they'd bury a hole and dig it in the yard. So we can go. All we have to have is a shovel. Yeah, shovel and metal detector. Shovel and a metal detector. Okay, that works. Anyway, so give us a call here at the studio, and you too can be the proud winner of tonight's special prizes, multiple prizes. Give us a call here at the studio. See the phones are lighting up already. Seven two seven four four one three thousand. Seven two seven four four one three thousand. Now. Uh, let me get to some of the stuff that's going on here. Um, we last week our guest was Corky Coker. Okay, and the great race started Sunday in Maine, and it's going to be finishing up here in Ocala slash Leesburg on Sunday the 29th, and it'll be taking place partially at the Villages and National Parts Depot. So I am trying to round up a bunch of guys that want to go up there and give them a big welcoming reception. So that's the great race, which will be coming to a close, and uh, it's going to be this Sunday. So anybody that wants to join in, give us a call here at the studio, 727-441-3000. Or you can go to our website and go to the contact page, and you can contact us that way. Uh, also, let's see, next month. Gee, the end of the month is almost here. Next week sometime. Next week sometime. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, so next week we got... Next in, weekend? Next, next weekend. weekend's the end of the... Yeah. Is that what the it is? The first is, what, Monday, Tuesday, something like that. I don't know. What am I, a calendar? I don't know. Uh, I'll listen. Well, you, uh, Tuesday is the first. Okay, Tuesday is the first. You. Okay, because all I see. Are is... you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so in uh, Michigan, in Detroit, if anybody's up that way or going up that way, they have the Concourse d'Elegance of America, which used to be formerly the Meadowbrook Concourse. That's uh, geez, that's the first weekend in Detroit, and then uh, of course the big thing is in. Uh, Gosh, August is right around the corner. It's hard to believe that's a month and a half away, or less than a month and a half away, is uh, Monterey Car Week, one of my favorite events. And that will be taking place in Monterey, California. In fact, the kickoff event, uh, we had our guest on last year, was uh, Doug Freeman. Doug puts on the uh, concourse on the Ave. And what it is, it's a really neat, you know, most concourse you have to pay to go to. But this particular event is right downtown on Ocean Drive. It it really is. I mean, it is probably one of the coolest events that you could possibly go to, and the price is right. The finer your car is, the more fingerprints it's got on it pretty much yeah um but it's just just amazing selection of cars there and uh, they've got some pretty serious stuff that shows up there and you know stuff that you and i like you know a lot of ferraris delahays porsches someone to actually drive around yeah benzes yeah. jags you know just weird stuff and then on thursday what they have uh, also in downtown monterey or downtown carmel is um all the cars that are going to be at pebble beach and then some will be making the drive, the trek, along the 17-mile drive, which is along the waterfront there, which is really nice, from uh, Pacific Grove, actually Monterey, to Pacific Grove, the 17-mile drive, and then they end up at Carmel. And those cars will be making that cruise through there. And then they stop for lunch in downtown Carmel on Thursday, 
And again, it's mind-boggling that these multi-multi-million-dollar prized classics just roll up there for the world to see. Watch NASCAR and drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> now Bubba might be there. I'm yeah. not sure, but but you have all walks of life. Well, you got to sh- remember too the cars who built the drive when they were new. So well, yeah, that's true. And yeah. but but the but the fact that the cars are are so valuable and it's kind of like and this is a topic for another show. But when does a car become too expensive to drive? And it's a relative Depending term. On- how much money you make. That's that's pretty much what it boils down to. But the fact that these cars are here, and if you go to our website, uh, com, there's, and you go to our snapshots page, I have pictures of last year's event. And it's a mob scene. I mean, people are, some of the people even actually let you sit in the cars. You really like my car? Yeah. Would you like to sit in my car? Sure. Would you like to have a picture of yourself sitting in my car? Sure. And it's it could be Nick Mason's Ferrari, you know, or it could be uh, Corky Coker's uh, American, another cut car, or another cut car. And he's got an amazing collection Uh of cars. Okay, Uh, or could have been drive them. They take them out and drive. They take them out and they drive them. They enjoy them. And and my hat's off to those guys. So you Mm -hmm. know, even though they got all the money in the world and they got these amazing cars, the fact that they drive them and they enjoy them and they break and they fix them, it's kind of like what's what is on Corky's website? Ride, wrench, repeat. Ride, wrench, repeat. (laughs) I got it. I got it. That's my motto too. Sometimes you two are just dumber than a bag of hammers. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> course, you need a machine shop, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, mine's just ride. No, mine's just wrench and repeat, wrench and repeat. I didn't even get the There's ride. Never a ride, yeah. <laughs> anyway. No, wrench, rust, and repeat. <laughs> wrench, rust, and repeat. Anyway, hey, if you pitched, pay, 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 if you paid attention to the beginning of the show, uh, there's a clue who our guest is going to be on. Later. Now, you know they have a lot of these TV shows, a lot of these car guys, and, uh, you know, I run into these guys every once in a while from time to time at uh, certain events, and they're pretty friendly. They're pretty, uh, they're car guys. They're dedicated, committed car guys. So, anyway, we got a really cool guy coming on later this, after, later this afternoon. Is it that afternoon? Well, in California, it would be this afternoon. afternoon yeah. Okay, in Florida, it is already evening, isn't it? Ooh. So, do we have something Stop. spinning around and around? Yeah, and we're going to do a little blues thing. little blues thing, yeah. Our guest likes blues and rhythm blues and... Uh, Cool. So anyway, this song is, I think, was it from Robert Cray? This is the Robert Cray band. Uh, this is from the 80s. It's a cool song. I remember this one. This is uh, Smoking Gun. Smoking Gun. Good song. Hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't go away. We've got a special guest coming up later and some more jaw jacking. And we'll be right back.
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer one, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about Naughty Nancy. No, this isn't a story about a bad girl. This is a truth about a great place to eat and hang out. Naughty Nancy's Food Shack, located at 700 Eldridge Street in the downtown Clearwater area, is a quaint little place nestled under some huge oak trees serving great food and drink and a wonderful, friendly atmosphere. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. They have 10 daily specials as well as many different styles of cooking from Cajun, New England, Country, Gourmet, and even Short Order, prepared just the way you want it. So check out this groovy little dew drop in right on the trail. So jog up to our front door, ride up on your bicycle, drive up in your car, or pull up on your motorcycle, and visit my friend Nancy and place your order. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. Hey, mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars and you might get a free drink. Hey, this is Lou Santiago of Car Fix and GarageInsiderTV.com. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Enjoy the show. That's right, Lou. Enjoy the show. Hey, we're back. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Now, you know, speaking of Naughty Nancy's, Alan, uh, you know, every Tuesday night... They have a band over there. So for all my listeners, if you guys want to join us after the show, we all go hang out there over there for a couple of hours because they got these guys who are just basically freelancers, but they're professional musicians. And if you play a professional instrument, as in the case of a guitar, set of drums, keyboards, or bass, or whatever, sing. you can sing. Yeah, you could go over there. Dan Dimsky used to play over there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you can, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can uh, hang out there. That's pretty cool. And then, of course, on during the week, a couple times, they have bands out there. In fact, last, I think, Friday, I think we were over there, and they had a band called... Raised by Wolves, and they were actually pretty good. They actually played some cool 60s, 70s music. They actually yeah. played a, Sarah, a door song. Sarah Palin's relatives, yeah. <laughs> now, come on. I'm a Sarah Palin fan. She's like mom. Okay, anyway, let's see. What else we got going on? Uh, oh, yeah, I didn't finish my story from last week. Okay, I think we got, I, I'm going to try to say this real quick. But anyway, so where did I leave off? You're all like this. I'm your show host, Robert. And they're all like... But <laughs> anyway, um, so... Part two. Um, yeah, I was the, the we, car. The front end's loose. You're at the gas station. Oh yeah, we're at the gas the station. Okay. Distributor's bad. Oh, we didn't. We didn't get to that part yet. I thought you did. No. Okay. Uh, anyway, all right. So did okay. I tell you about we were driving through the town and then we saw the Pawn Star place and then wouldn't let me stop. Yeah. Okay. Well, there was a place in you know, a TV show called Silver Star Pawn Stars and it's out of losing in us. So they were That's there. Right. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so we had the Napa store. Then we couldn't find the right uh, bearing and hub size. So then we just said, heck with it. You know, we decided to drive it. So my buddy decided what we're going to do is we're going to take this car another 100 and some odd miles down the road on the other side of Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Brother-in-law's house. Right? His brother-in-law's house. Exactly. Right. So here we are. We're getting about down the road. And we're trying to beat the clouds. That didn't work. If you go to my Facebook page, Gulfstream Motorsports, there is a picture there of the windshield. And it is, you can't see through the windshield. You can barely see to the end of the hood. So it looks like something you can see in Florida, but we're in Louisiana. Louisiana, right? Okay. Anyway, earlier we had gone through Tupelo, and that's where Tupelo, Mississippi, that's where, you know, this is from. Anyway, um, so here we are. We're doing Bob, and my poor buddy is getting clobbered by raindrops. Our biggest fear was hail. 
you know, fortunately we didn't have any of that. But now you know the car is toast from a concourse perspective. I mean, the car is an immaculate car. So my only concern was, is could he get the windows up all the way? You know, kind of 69 Mustangs and, oops, did I slip? Uh, <laughs> I said, I revealed something. Anyway, but you know how 69 Ford products were, you know, Cougars, Mustangs. The, when you roll the windows up, they had a tendency to fall out of the track, you know, if they weren't put in the right. Just a factory defect. Because in 70, they did that on the showroom floor. Yeah, yeah. they did that on the showroom Yeah, because they were bolted in. Uh, and 70, glued but in, 60s yeah. were glued, 69 were glued in. Anyway, so, uh, and the other thing was, is, you know, defroster, did the defroster work, you know, because this car was just like put together really kind of quickly just to get through the show. And that's kind of what they do. It's kind of like, like you and I call it kind of dummy assembling. Yeah, they look like something, but they don't do, apparently do nothing. They apparently do, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a classic trailer queen. But, but, but that's just the way it is in that, that little coronation. Yeah. yeah, right. Okay. So, anyway, um, so then the rain dies, and now we're still diddy bopping down the road. And by this time, we're just on the other side of Baton Rouge, right at the foot, the foot, foot of the bridge at the Mississippi River. And guess what? All of a sudden, I'm behind the thing. I'm driving. And I like the big flames shoot out. Okay, so the flames shoot out. I go, uh oh, that's ignition, obviously. Out the exhaust, yeah. Yeah, out the exhaust. Okay. Something like that. No, no the windshield's fine. The windshield's fine, but we need an explosion. So we need yeah. an explosion. Okay. So anyway. Um, too late, it's done. Too late. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> delayed explosion. Delayed explosion. Hey, yeah. better late than never, right? So anyway, so uh, I get under there. We're wrenching around. I think I told you about the part. We took the distributor part. We started playing around, fishing around, trying to find all the little things that might have fallen apart. We had spare distributors. We tried to ret- you know, revive it. And then finally, after we cleaned the points and put it all back together, put the little clip on there that holds the the, the, the advance, vacuum advance yeah, on, yeah. and then the other little thing that holds the well, it's plate. An FE, it's an FE motor. No, 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 no. It was a Windsor. It was a Windsor? It's a, yeah, it was it's a, a little motor? Yeah, it's a Windsor. Someone would store a car with a little motor like that. Of course huh? they would. Okay. Course, this kind of car, because they're rare. Okay. So this, this, this. You're despicable. Oh, yeah. A, yeah, a knockback <laughs> with a two-barrel. Yeah, right. Nowhere. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so, oh, yeah, you know what the funny part about it was? is just before it decided to spit the uh, ignition, uh, he decided to reach over and check just for giggles. And sure enough, the air conditioning did work because the system was charged. So here he is driving the whole time, and he's trying to wipe the windows. You know how it is when it rains, yeah. you know, and you're sitting there breathing up on the inside of the car, and it all <laughs> kind of fogs out, and you can't see diddly. Bad enough, you got rain all over the place, but you can't see because it's it's fogged up on top of that. And, of course, the easiest way to clear the windshield if your defrost doesn't work is to turn the A.C. on. Yeah, because there's humidity. Yeah. Exactly. It takes so, humidity out of the air. <laughs> it takes humidity out of the air. Anyway, yeah, so... Don't like, cracker. Yeah, so the, yeah. Uh, the, 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 the Schroeder, I put the cap back on. And, well, we tested it first. And I had him check to make sure we had spark. Put the, cat, the rotor cap back on, and I'm wiggling it, and it kind of wiggles just a little more than it should, you know, like maybe like an eighth of an inch or quarter yeah. of an inch. It made a full revolution. I said, uh-uh, we got a problem here. Wrong. We either lost the gear, sheared a pin, or something snapped, broke. You know, I mean, even I've even seen distributors. drive from the oil. The, dri- the oil pump drive, yeah, yeah, break. So, anyway, we had nothing. <laughs> so he had uh, AAA gold, so guess what? They towed that thing. So we had to go, and we were only like 21 miles away. So we get it all there, but but just loading it in itself was an ordeal. That took almost an hour to get it up there because we had to use a sling. We had to use straps because we couldn't touch the car because it was freshly painted, and we didn't want to scratch anything because there was no point in rushing it and having to do something twice when if we had taken a little extra time. The, and first, scratch, the, first, the first scratch relieves you of the worry. Is that what it is? No okay. longer having a perfect car. Yeah. What was that, I, that sign I used to have up in the junkyard? It says, why is there always enough time to do it twice, but never enough time to do it right the first time? Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, that sounds like Artie Fletcher. Hey. I, I like, like that. I like the Fletcher <laughs> the third time. <laughs> Artie who? Artie uh, Fletcher. Yeah, Will Rogers. Artie Fletcher was him. on the bone <laughs> yeah. today. Was he really? Yeah, I heard him on the Drew Garabo show. No kidding. Anyway, right. so. Uh, yeah, back to reality. So we dropped the car off, and then, of course, we uh, decided to, uh, you know, we all piled in a truck and uh, made it back to Florida. Drove pretty much straight through, and then we got the other side of Pensacola. We just kind of crashed in the truck, which I was used to because that was my home away from home for four or five days, you know. Well, usually you sleep in your truck in the front of the house anyway. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Bubba. Anyway. Um, Are you crazy? <laughs> So I think it's just about time to uh, get our guest on the line. So why don't we go ahead and call him? Meanwhile, you and I can jaw jack for a minute or two. 
And then uh, we'll just jaw jack. Let's talk about the Volvo that we're going to go chase now. So this Volvo, Alan, is like I think a seventy or seventy one. Yeah, so eighteen hundred coupe. Yeah, it's an eighteen hundred coupe. Yeah, and it's boogered up a little bit. It's uh, Colorado plates on it. It's edgy. And uh, so what we're going to have to do is go check this thing out and see if it's a worthy candidate to flip. Because yeah. we, on the show, we need to talk about you know how else you can kind of supplement your income, and that's by flipping cars. The problem is, is you either go out and buy some late model turd, you know, then you hope the air works, and it's got to be cheap. Just say, show me the Carfax. <laughs> but you got 50 million guys looking for that because you don't need any brains to buy a late model car. This could very well be the stupidest person on the face of the earth. <laughs> right. right. But when you start dealing in vintage and classics, right. Right, you do. And someone with your expertise in the world of Volvos. Well, the thing is, you work on one thing, eventually you figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, something like that, you look at it, if it looks good, and then those cars are mechanically, all you got to do is throw, open the hood and throw wrenches at it, and it fixes itself. Pretty much, pretty yeah. much, yeah. So they're really easy, contrary. It's a pushrod motor. It's a pushrod motor. Yeah. For, for, for the kids today that go to these new schools, you know what? I am just so concerned about what cars are going to be like in the future because there's going to be nothing to fix. You want people to, like, open the hood and play with anything. You know? Well, after a certain period of time, you're just going to chuck it. Do we have our guests on the line? No, not yet? Okay. Punk. 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 Did you call me a punk? Punk. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He called you that twice. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, uh, what else you got in store for us over there? <laughs> All right. So, anyway, so here's this Volvo. So, we have to go check this thing out. But... By the way, the other Volvo wagon, uh, I went online. That's still available, too. He hasn't sold that yet. Oh, really? But it says, here's the thing about it. Here, guys, listen. too much for it, right? Well, it's, it's, it's information on the car. Yeah, he's got a little price. Now, here's the one thing. Guys, if you ever put in an ad, because keep in mind, guys like Alan, guys like myself, we dicker. We like to wheel and deal. That's just the That's way. It it's just how it works. So if you put in your ad price and then you put firm, nobody's going to call you. They just are not going to call Unless you. Unless the price is cheap. Well, yeah, if it's, it's like cheap. It's like 2500 firm. Okay. All right, that's fine if it's yeah. within reason. But if you sit there and put an ad ten and grand. you say ten grand, and you say price is firm, non-negotiable, uh, I mean, you want to be polite. You don't want to be rude. Just say, hey, look, sorry, guys. It's a little bit out of my budget. Anyway, hey, I think yeah. it's time to introduce our special guest. But before we do that, we got a little something uh, queued up for him, don't we? Yeah, I think so. Let's do that. something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Italian step. What are we waiting for? Take this! Except for my kid being born. It's the greatest night in the history of my life. I just want to say one thing to my wife from home. Yo, Adrian! I did it! Weighing 202 pounds, the reigning heavyweight champion. 
Boom Maniacs, Hulk Hogan here, the greatest of all times, and I want to let you know you're listening to Nostalgic Radio on Cars and what you're going to do when they run wild on you, brother. <laughs> okay, we're back. Thank you. Thank you there, Mr. Hulk Hogan. Hey, it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. And this gentleman also has an extensive wrestling background, former WWE superstar and star of his new TV show on Discovery Channel called Lord of the Car Hoarders. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Chuck Palumbo. Chuck, are you there? I am here. Hey, what's up? What? was an unbelievable introduction you guys gave me buddy guy doing my thing style you gave me the rocky and then you gave me uh hulk hogan man you guys are awesome thank you <laughs> you are welcome you are welcome i'm glad you can make it to the show this evening so tell us a little bit about uh your background tell us a little bit about uh chuck palumbo and where you came oh, from God. oh man it's been a been a wild ride so far but uh basically you know uh born and raised in uh providence rhode island uh Grew up in a, uh, I'd say a lower middle class family, um, blue collar guy, uh, grew up around cars, uh, started working in a body shop at about 14 years old as a painter's helper, um, went in the Navy at 19, 20 years old, uh, was an aviation fabricator and mechanic and, uh, painter in the Navy on the airplane, uh, Finished the Navy after four years, uh, went to college, played basketball in college, and after college became a pro wrestler. And I continued to uh, work in various body shops part-time on the side as I was doing that. Started my own bike shop in uh, 2005 and uh, doing, still doing bikes and cars today, now doing cars uh, on Lords, too. Well, now tell us a little bit about uh, how your whole car hobby thing got. So, in other words, you started working on cars when you were a kid, and then you got yeah. a bike. You got a bike thing going too, right? Yeah, I, I, you know, I did bikes and cars as a kid. Um, I started on cars at about fourteen, and I started doing like real bike builds around nineteen twenty. But um, I didn't actually officially start the bike business until I think it was two thousand five. Um, you know, I was doing it out of my garage uh, once in a while make some extra bucks but um or do one for a friend or whatever but now i'm actually i'm actually doing it for customers now handful of customers every year and uh yeah man i you know it's one of those deals where i kind of got you know whatever it takes you know <laughs> well you're now you're kind of a you're not exactly a small fry you're like six six right and, yeah, about 66, about 280 pounds. Okay, so how'd the wrestling thing come about for you? Now, this is a car show, but let's just talk a little bit about the wrestling a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, actually, you know, I always wanted to be a professional athlete of some sort, but I chose basketball by the time I got to college. I knew I was never going to be an NBA player. Um, I just wasn't at that level. But I wanted to continue to try to make a living as an athlete, and, uh, you know, I saw an ad on TV. Ted Turner was posting this ad. It must have been in 97, 98 for the WCW World Championship Wrestling Power Plant. And they were looking for some new faces. And it was a training camp. Um, so I, I saw the ad on TV and I wrote the number down and made a few phone calls. I got to go to the training camp. It was a three-day weeding out process. Uh, made it through that. And they invited me back to train. I trained for seven months at the power plant in Atlanta, Georgia. And then they sent me to uh, Tokyo, Japan to get some experience. A year later, I'm uh, wrestling Lex Luger at a pay-per-view for WCW. And it was it was like that, you know? Wow. That's pretty good. So what was your name? Your name was what? Wasn't it, you, but you've had a number of nicknames. But one of them I remember was uh, the main event, right? Yeah, the main, WCW, the nickname was yeah, uh, the main event, Chuck Columbo. Yep. Do you get to pick those names, or do they kind of just pick them for you? Oh, no, we don't. Sometimes you get to have a little bit of creative input, but uh, for the most part, the writers pretty much, they choose what they want to choose. Okay. What about uh, you have, like, signature signature moves? How does that work? Do you get the name those, or do the writers do yeah. that one for you, too? You know, that's that, that's we have more say with that. Okay. Um, I think the, the moves I was doing, like the full throttle and things like that, there were things that I had come up with that kind of identified with my character at the time. So, uh, like yeah. the like the Italian drop and the uh, Chuck Italian. Deluxe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the Chuck Deluxe was you know the Deluxe reminded me of you know like a classic car model when they used to you know the very basic. Then you had the Deluxe model. Yeah. Okay. That's you know and uh, 
uh, obviously the full throttle move was was more of a motorcycle thing, full throttle. And the Italian thing was more about the heritage. So you know, it was just one of those things where you're on the road, driving down that road in your rental car, going from town to town, and you you have time to think. You got time to think. How about the padlock? What's the padlock like? Uh, say it again. The padlock. The padlock. The padlock was basically a Boston crab, an inverted Boston crab. Ouch. <laughs> uh, yeah. You don't, you don't want it's, it sounds painful. It sounds painful. <laughs> yeah. A little tough on the back. Okay. All right. Now let's talk about cars. Let's talk about your TV show. This is really cool because I, I, I played some clips earlier in the show, and I sent an email to uh, your PR person, uh, yep. you know, letting them know that we're going to be streaming. So, you know, I always try to find clips because I build a show around the guests. And uh, yep. there was there was the thing about hoarders. Now, I'm sitting here today with a friend of mine, Alan, and Alan and I are both we go back to high school, really, and we're hoarders. We had the same parts we had back then still sitting around. <laughs> yeah, so your show, we identify and can relate to your show. We can't get yeah. rid of our stuff. We can't get rid of our stuff. So, And there's nobody in Florida doing what you're doing. Now, you're in Southern Cal, and, of course, I'm a California kid to begin with. I'm from Northern Cal. But So when, you, when I see you doing, you know, roaming around down there in Oceanside, San Diego area, I know those areas real well out there by Chula Vista and stuff like that. But tell us how the show all came to fruition. Well, you know... Um, I had an idea. I, I wanted to do a show, bikes, cars. Uh, Rick, who I knew through the car show scene, uh, car and bike show scene, uh, we started bouncing ideas around. Discovery had come to me uh, earlier. Uh, I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. I'm rephrase that. Another production company, Nerd TV, had come to me earlier about doing another project. And I had said, well, I got this idea, and uh, my buddy Rick's got this idea. So we all kind of started... Uh, bouncing things around, and we came up with it. Um, it's different, you know? I mean, I, I love cars, and but a lot of the shows you see now are very similar. And don't get me wrong, I still watch them all because I still love watching cars. I'll never get tired of it, but I just thought it was a, it was a different twist, you know? Well, no, the concept makes a lot of sense, you know, because like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of us that have been accumulating stuff for years and years and years, and as we get older, we're never going to get to it. Don't want to let yeah. go, and then you come knocking on my door, you know. Yeah, and you and you make me an offer I can't refuse. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, number one, it's interesting to, to for for car guys like ourselves to go and get to look in these garages and these sheds and these backyards. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but oh, yes. that's always oh, a, yeah. that's always a fantasy of mine. Yep, I want to see what my neighbor has under that tarp. I want to see what the guy down the street has been hiding. I, mean, I love that stuff. So the curiosity factor there, I thought that was a great catch. And then, you know, you got the hoarder. And we, as car guys, again, I don't want to speak for you guys, but we can identify with these people. Because mm -hmm. we can be that same exact spot. You give us some extra land, some extra money, and a wife who overlooks things, and we'll have we'll stash shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, I figured... We can all relate to that as, as car lovers. And then uh, the number one thing that really, really, really uh, turned me on to doing this was the fact that we were going to help people out. And the feeling I get when I feel like I'm helping someone, uh, it's priceless. And, uh, you know, I, I like doing that. So uh, it's rewarding, you know, and that was it. How so hard, okay, how hard is it to talk to those people, to talk a hoarder, a letting go. Got some stories. Got some stories yeah, it, for it, us. Well, you know, here's the thing. First of all, they don't trust you, and you can't blame them. Some guy comes in my yard and is going to make some, you know, spectacular deal, almost unheard of. I'm not going to believe. Him. I'm thinking they're trying to take my parts, all my cars, you know. Yep. And so convincing them is very hard. First, they're skeptical. And then they start to think about it and go, gee, you know, well, tell us what you guys are really about. So then we start going over it with them and what we can actually do. And then they start going over numbers and stuff like that. And, you know, at that point, some of them, we have them. And then other ones, the numbers don't work because to them, their stuff is gold. And you can't argue with that. I mean, you can't put a price on, on those parts. They've collected all those cars. You know, there's, there's meaning behind them, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so then, if we if we do get to that point, sometimes it takes a little more uh, a little more work. 
I do have a minor in psychology, college, so I'm trying to use that a little bit. But, um, you know, I think car people uh, can relate to each other. Yes. And I think once they realize that we're very similar people, I think they uh, they take trust in us and, and we eventually work it out. Although there has been a few times, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, episode with the guy with the girl with all the Chryslers, the old three hundred cars and stuff. No, I don't know if you saw that episode. No. That girl had beautiful cars, and she would not let go of a single one. She'd rather have them sit there and rust away than didn't even have one fixed. So, um, you know. But for the most part, we did okay, you know? How how far do you go to find these cars? I mean, do you go the whole state of California? Do you just stay in, like, your Southern California, Arizona area there, kind of? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, we were pretty much limited uh, to California. We did a little bit of Nevada this year, a little bit of Arizona, but pretty much uh, California, number one, uh, just started doing this stuff, and this stuff costs money, you know, so transporting these cars back. It uh, becomes an issue. Uh, number two, um, the actual show concept, we tried to keep it a secret, so it was very hard to find these hoarders without advertising and going public with it. So it almost made it easier to stay local and just, you know, scavenge and scrounge until we until we found these these hoarders, and there was a handful. Um, I know now for, uh, you know, future episodes, it'll be a lot easier because they're coming to us now. You know, hey, we saw your show. We trust you because we saw what you did with the other guys or the other gal's car. So they know we're legit now, and now they're coming to us. So it's going to make it a little easier. We're still going to have to transport cars and stuff like that, but we're going to tighten up the budget and, and try to make this happen again, you know? Okay. Now, how far do you... Um I mean, well, as far as you know, we already know, you go Arizona, Nevada, but with with Rick, for example, his he's kind of like an old school hot rodder. Is that his background a little bit? Because I was reading up on him a little bit. So he's been in the yeah. car world for a while, right? Yeah, Rick is more. He doesn't even like the word hot rod because he's not a hot rod guy, and he'll specifically tell tell you that Rick is more of the custom guy, uh, the, the the lead sleds, uh, the chop tops, uh, the Merc. Uh, mid fifties, you know. Uh, okay. Sorry, early fifties Chevys. Uh, you know, he likes that drop, low slung look. Um, is he? A, that, that's his thing. That's is he, his thing. He loves that stuff. You know. Okay. Is he Northern California guy or Southern California? Because Northern oh, Cal, Southern California, different styles a little bit. Absolutely. Actually, he's in Southern California also. Okay. But uh, you know, he's been in it for a long time, and uh, you know, he's got that style. He loves, and I call him a uh, a designer or a stylist. You know, he's got that eye for that look. He knows how to make that fifty Merc look right. You know what I mean? Where um, now your style? What type of what style of car do you like? What's your style? I, I have to say that I'm a muscle car guy. If if, if I had to pick one, it would be a muscle car. I like uh, I like the touring cars. Uh, they'll, they'll call them the touring cars or the pro touring cars. I, I like vintage-looking muscle cars, you know, with the modern drivetrain and all that stuff. But it'd have to be muscle cars. Uh, 63 to 72 would be where I'm about, you know? Okay, I get it. I'm there, too. I'm, we're on the same page there. I love them, man. What's the most interesting and rarest car you found so far? Oh, gosh. Uh, some of those early Chrysler 300s, uh, to me, those are interesting and rare. You don't see them. Um Gosh, interesting and rare. We didn't find anything else. I mean... Is, it seems like you find a lot of 50s, early 60s stuff. Is that pretty much it, what, what, what you're stumbling it, it, across? So far, it's seemed that way, yes. I mean, muscle cars, you know, obviously we all know that those are getting hard to find. Um, unmolested ones, you know, or untouched ones. Those mm. are so tough to find. Um, yeah, the 50s cars, and, and you know, it, it seems like now... The, remember the car, like, remember in the 80s, what cars were cool to customize? Well, now the cars that we would have never customized in the, in the 70s or 80s, we're doing them now because that's all that's left, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I, I find, you know, the, the early 50s Pontiacs, early 50s Olds, uh, late 40s Pontiacs, um, then some 60s cars, um, nothing too too crazy, 
yet, you know? I wish I could say different, but... Do you have your own personal collection of cars? Uh, I do. Nothing big right now. Um, I've had hoarding issues myself, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. Yeah, the expert. The yeah, expert. The, it takes one to know one, though. Yeah. It takes one to know one, and the first step is identifying and admitting you have a problem. <laughs> do they have uh, Hoarders Anonymous? <laughs> it doesn't harm your health, and it doesn't cause ill will towards okay. other people. Except code enforcement. Uh, hey, at least, at least we're honest, right? That's uh, true, that's true. Well, i got to tell you, yeah. m- most of my listeners, their averaging ages are 45 to 75, and pretty yeah. much all of them are hoarders. Really, oh, they are. you got a car, yeah. got an old car, you need parts. Hey, man, we all are. I, I, um, I'm not going crazy with cars right now. I have a 70Z28, 65 uh, Corvette, uh, just a, my, my daily driver, Chevy, still a pick pickup. Uh, we got a we got a Mercedes. We got uh, what else? We got about six or seven bikes right now. I just sold my International. Had to travel all, and I'm always looking for new stuff. <laughs> Is there anything in particular you're looking for? Because uh, I pretty much do the same thing here in Florida. So if I don't have a radio, yeah. I have a radio show, not a TV show. <laughs> so I tell you what, what? I tell you what, I get it. I, I, I'm I'd like to get a gosh, like a Napco. Uh, like 58, 59, uh, Chevy GMC, 4x4, like a three-quarter ton. Okay. Like mod, mod truck. I'd, lo- I'd love to have one of those. Um, and you know something? Right now I'm in truck mode. I also like the uh, the 73 to 77 uh, Ford F250, the uh, XLT Rangers. Okay. I know this sounds, I know they're not the, you know, don't get me wrong. I love the muscle cars too, but, um, and all that stuff. But right now I'm, I'm looking for a truck, like an old truck, you know? Well, geez, I would think you'd find a lot of that stuff. In fact, that's what my next question is going to be. How much of this stuff really is is laying around out there? Are you surprised by the amount of uh, stuff you run across? Um, yes and no. Uh, I mean, obviously, in Southern California, it's pretty much rust-free, so a lot of stuff is still around. There's a lot of survivors around. But, you know, these people who are hoarding stuff, they hide stuff. <laughs> well, so, don't you wish you yeah, had a... I am surprised. Don't don't you wish you had a helicopter and a magnet? Oh man, <laughs> no, nobody would be that safe. Would be awesome. <laughs> you know how the hoarders are. It's just it takes work to get rid of it, so they're just going to keep it. Yeah, it, it does. It, plus, it's that what if you know? I know you know the deal. I do it all the time. Oh, you know that that was a deal. I scored that car cheap. I'll build it. You know, maybe next year I'll build that car, or, or you know, you know how it goes. Yeah. How about motorcycles? Do you ever do the same thing with motorcycles? You find guys that uh, have been hoarding bikes, and you do the same thing with them as you do with cars. I got a couple guys right now that I have a, I have a loop on, and I'm watching right now that are hoarding motorcycles. I'm trying to talk to them. I'm hoping to, to do an episode. We we uh, we'd like to do a couple of motorcycle episodes for sure. You know. Now, what's your style of bike that oh, you like? That's a good question. Yeah, you know, um, I'm. I mean, I like choppers, but to me, choppers, um, when I think of a chopper, I think of, uh, you know, a, a post-Vietnam bike where, they, where the guys would come back with money in their pocket, and they, they bought a, start, a stock Harley, and they kind of chopped, like removed parts. So that, when, I, when, I, when I say chopper, that's the term I'm talking about, you know, removing parts from a bike, kind of a stripped-down bike uh, with the bare minimums to make it run and just looks very mechanical. Okay, like a bobber uh, or, or a classic chopper, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly, like a bobber or, or classic chopper. Um, I've only built uh, three or four wide tire bikes uh, when they were hot. A couple of guys insisted on having them. I was never really a fan of the wide tire bike. Uh, but, uh, yeah, i say more of that mechanical look, bobber, mechanical, a little bit of uh, race uh, inspiration in there, you know, uh, a little bit of board tracker inspiration in there, or uh, what they call now like a street tracker or something. But I guess it'd be a little mix of that. Now, this is the, the for your show. It's this is the first season now, or is this going on the second one now? This we're, first season, just finished first season, and now we're uh, trying to figure out uh, how to do next season. Okay. Um, how does your filming schedule work? Is it uh, two weeks on, two weeks off? Is it, uh, uh, I mean, and how many episodes a, do you do a year? Or do you have for each season? That's a good question. Well, you know, number one, 
with this concept, there's so many different topics you have to cover. It took time to come up with a learning curve to film this show. It's not just a straight build show. So it took time. Um, we ended up doing first season. It took us 11 months to film six episodes, which, and we were working daily. I mean, daily until we got what we needed. Uh, it was just one of, it was a struggle um, just because it was a, it was a, like I said, a new learning curve and um, you don't know what you're going to come across. But I think we should be able to kick out twice as many episodes uh, in another season, you know, now that we have this learning curve down. You know, I, I know uh, I've heard some guys, they, they do shows and they're just working nine to five, Monday to Friday. I wish you could say that. It, it, it was, you know, 12, 13, 14 hours a day, uh, seven days a week. <laughs> do you got now who writes the shows? Who comes up with the script for each show? Do you guys do that or do you have writers and stuff that do that? Well, they, that's a good question, too. Well, you know, we really honestly try to go in there and treat it like a business and whatever comes out of that business and whatever happens, we try to take that, whether it's a story or, uh, you know, a situation or whatever it is. And we, we try to capitalize on that. Um, for instance, a good example, we got thrown out of our, uh, out of our shop. I don't know if you guys saw that in episode six, that's what happened. Um, all the other people in the commercial complex were complaining about us and we had signed a six month lease going in because we didn't know how this was going to go. And sure enough, um, the whole complex signed a petition saying they would leave the complex if the landlord renewed our lease. So we capitalized on that and used that as part of the story. We said, hey, we're not telling people what's really going on, you know? No, that's good because uh, that's real life. Yeah. So, I I mean, guys, I mean, we talk about reality shows and stuff like that being not reality, but we've kept this thing so close to actually what happened I mean uh, you can't get any closer we just used we just, we just kept it real we just went out there and let the cameras fly and that's another reason why it took so long because we filmed everything you know and then you have to kind of edit it because see, you know the problem with a lot of the shows and and I'll I can say OCC I'll use them as an example you know which is not a bad right. show when it first came out but it got too dramatic and same thing with right. uh, Boyd Coddington's show I mean it was just too much negativity going on and a lot of people that's a turnoff yeah. you know your show has a mild amount of it but it's more real so most guys can cannot can if you can identify with it it's acceptable you know within moderation so right first? okay if you if, if you say no I, I agree 100 percent, and that was a major concern of mine and right off the bat i'll tell you guys rick and i we buy heads i mean it's probably toned down they probably cut some of it out because Rick and I are both, you know, we both have strong opinions on what we think a car should look like or how we should do a car or, you know, colors and all that stuff. We're both very opinionated and have very strong beliefs. So we butt heads, I'm talking 90% of the time. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you ask, if you ask him, he tell you the same thing. So any of those arguments you saw or little scruffles or if you saw when I flipped out on the guys when they pulled the engine out of the Camaro, if you saw that, yep, that was... Absolutely, one hundred percent real. And uh, well, you, you know, you're, you're keeping it real, so that's true, and people can relate to that. Let me ask you this: What about uh, when you hoard some of these cars? When you negotiate these deals, do you ever feel compelled to hoard more? Oh, I was, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I just put you on this hot seat, didn't I? Do you know? Do you know? <laughs> I had to have a talk with myself. At every hoard, because I'd go in there and I'm like, oh well, maybe I'll buy that, or maybe I'll buy this one. I wanted to buy the, some of the cars, you know, almost every single hoard. I ended up buying a '70 uh, Camaro G28 in, in the last hoard. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I was, I swear, I, I was like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah, well, it's even worse though, is you hoard parts for a car you think you might want, maybe if you can find one. Oh man, I've done that too. I've done that. I've you find a motor, you you know you find a uh, for example, you find a uh, a seventy LS six motor, you know, and uh, you think you're going to find that Chevelle to go with it down the line, you know, or you find the twelve volt or the turbo four hundred, and you know you know how it goes. Tell, tell us about your seventy and a half Z twenty eight because I'm uh, even though I'm a Ford guy, 
I actually like the seven and a half Zs. So is yours an RS car or is it a straight car? Or? It's actually it's an RS D twenty eight. Yes. Uh, matching numbers except for the actual block. It's got a uh, seventy uh, replacement block. Uh, I still got all the original. Uh, I got the original two hundred two uh, camel hump head. Uh, I got the original car. Uh, pretty much all original except for the uh, the actual block itself. Um, I got a lot of rotisserie right now. I just rebuilt the subframe, uh, power coated it, reassembled it, all new upper uh, and lower control on bushings, you know, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Tire rod ends, rebuilt the steering uh, gear, the whole nine yards. Uh, rebuilt the motor completely. Uh, it's a Turbo 400 factory car, uh, 12-volt factory, 373s, uh, Posi, uh, all factory. Um, it's an original uh, Cortez Silver Black Rally Stripes. Right now, it's on the rotisserie. I uh, I made it last with the complete car, and I got it all on primer. I got it all blocked out. I'm going to paint the car on the rotisserie and then uh, put it back on the uh, subframe. And uh, that's it. Is it a Los Angeles built car? Los Angeles built car. Oh, wow. Super. So it had hardly any rust on it then. It had no rust on this car. Uh, if you saw episode six with that green, the green one we did, the 70 split bumper we did. Yeah. Uh I bought it off that guy. He had three of them. He had that one, the silver one that I bought, and he also had an RS, uh, I'm sorry, an SS uh, 70. So I was able to get the, the, the other one, the other RS E28. What's your thoughts on restoration, concourse, uh, or just making it just a nice, decent driver? Oh, that's a good question. Concourse, I have a lot of respect for it. Uh, the attention to detail is incredible, but I'm the kind of guy that would like a nice, clean restoration. Okay, if we have a budget, we can do a frame off, fine, but I want to drive it. I want to use the car. You know what I mean? No, I agree. Uh, I, 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 like, for instance, uh, if I got a 68 Chevelle, I want to feel like that person felt. You know, obviously, I wasn't born in 71, but I want to feel like I'm back in 1968 when that thing was a driver and people were using them, you know, mm-hmm. taking them places, you know, all that. So uh, I think restorations are great, but I want to drive them, too. Um, I love the, the term driver as a car. You see a lot of cars now that aren't, you won't, they're not so quality. Um, they're not, uh, definitely not concourse quality, but they're super, you know, solid, reliable driver cars. I like those cars. Yep. You know, you can drive them, use them. You and, you and the old lady want to get in it and take a trip off the coast, and you park it and leave it outside in a hotel overnight. Big deal. You know what I mean? I, I like those cars. What's your thought on barn finds slash survivor cars? Oh, my God. That's, uh, those are dreams for me. Barn finds are dreams. Survivor cars are dreams. Anything that's unmolested, mm-hmm. original paint, even if it's beat up. I'd rather have a car that's completely beat up, but not messed with. It's only original yeah. ones. You yeah. know what I mean? Something that yeah. no one else had their hands on. I mean, I know you guys. You guys wrench too. When you when you wrench on cars and you work on cars and style cars, that's the way to get it. I'd rather have a car that was sitting in a barn by itself. It might be tore up, but it was original and untouched. Than have a car that's pretty clean, but has had hands all over it. You know. Right. Unoriginal parts, unoriginal fasteners, unoriginal boat. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Well, Chuck, we're just about out of time. You want to go ahead and pitch your radio show, I mean, your TV show, one more time for all our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's called Lords of the Car Hordes here in the United States. Uh, everywhere else in the world, which is about 260 markets all over the world, it's called Extreme Car Hoarders. It's on Discovery Channel, and it's also replaying on Velocity Channel. And my website, which I usually I'll put up new information as it comes in. You can see the bike builds, some of the car builds I'm doing is cpcustoms with a k dot com. Cpcustoms.com. You can find me at on Twitter at Chuck Palumbo. Same goes for uh, what's the other one there? Instagram and Facebook. Okay, cool. So and when and when, does it, and when does it air? Uh, okay, so. We don't know when the second season for uh, for the show is going to air yet. Uh, I should find that out really soon. But um, they're rerunning it right now uh, in the States on Velocity. And it's still uh, 
uh, premiering in other countries around the world right now on Discovery. Okay, well, so the times and dates are on the website. That's super. Uh, Chuck, I want to thank you very much for taking a few minutes and hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. In the meantime, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Be sure and check out our show every Tuesday night for the most legendary and fascinating names in motorsports, TV, and music. Don't forget to visit our GulfstreamMotorsports.com website. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Gulfstream Motorsports, and (laughs) and Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't forget the great race ends this Sunday at the Villages and National Parts Depot. We will be caravanning up there. And then, of course, I want all my listeners to stay, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your families. And be sure and tune in to the Lord of the Car Hordes. Did I say that right? I guess so. Anyway. You should. You identify with it. (laughs) Identify with it. Yeah, we are definitely serious car holders, aren't we here? Anyway, hey, take care, everybody. We'll see you at the car shows, and you'll hear me next week on next Tuesday. I don't mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. It broadcasts me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker.